0: Proverbs 28, it's going to be on the screen for you in a second as well. Proverbs 28 and verse 1. I'm going to talk to you about courage this morning. Courage is an interesting topic uh, for us to look at. Uh, If we talk about courage, typically what we talk about is we talk about battlefields, and we talk about wars, and we talk about fighting, and all those kind of things. And, you know, for the most of us, we're never going there. You know, we're, we're never going to a battlefield, you know, and maybe with your Game Boy you're going to a battlefield, but you know what the reality is, uh, as far as standing out there and needing the courage to actually fight, uh, you're not going there. But you know, courage is something that you need in everyday life. Courage is something that's important to us. Let me give you a definition of courage, and I've taken several dictionary definitions and distilled them down to this, right? Courage is the ability to do something that frightens you. To do something that frightens you, something you know you should do, uh, and yet you're going to do it. You're going to face your fear. Um, John Wayne said this about courage. He said, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Right? Scared to death and saddling I, I like that. That's kind of very simple, straightforward. So courage is being scared to death and doing what you're supposed to do. And you know, we all need that. We all need that. We need that courage in day-to-day life. And life has the ability to knock it out of you so that you're hiding from the battles of life, so that you're hiding uh, from things that might hurt you. Hurt uh, you. Add another part to it as Christians, right? <clears throat> courage is the ability to do something that frightens you and expect God to show up. And expect, you know, listen, if God is telling me to do it, and I'm going to do it, even though it frightens me, I'm expecting God to show up. I'm expecting God to show up when I actually engage, when I actually uh, do it. And um, we need courage. We need courage in all areas of life, all kinds of areas of life. Um, We need courage to witness in a dark day, don't we? How often have you stood before somebody and gulped and said, I should say something now? And sometimes you have Sometimes you've recoiled and you haven't done. Your courage failed you. We need courage to witness uh, in this day and age, right? Uh, Courage can be a family dealing with terminal cancer. You know what? That takes courage to step up and to do it. Courage can be a single mother struggling to raise her family. This day and age, it takes courage to do what needs to be done there. Uh, It's a widow who faces the last years of her life without her beloved husband by her side. It's a child of divorce struggling with self-image, with doubt and anger. It's a single person who chooses purity in a promiscuous world. Do you know that it takes great courage to be pure in the world that we live in? Because you're scorned for it. You, you, you made a mockery uh, of, for it. It takes courage to be pure. <coughs> it takes courage to do many things in life and we need to understand uh, that we can't get by without courage. If your courage fails, you end up just receding into the background and watching life go by. Because to interact with life, you need courage. To do what's right, you need courage. A guy called John Wooden, he was a coach, he was a Christian, Uh, interesting life story. Uh, But he said this, he said, success is never final, failure is never fatal, it's courage that counts. Success is never final. Because you succeed doesn't mean that's, that's it. You know what? Failure's coming around the corner. And he said that the difference is courage. The courage to actually face it, the courage to actually face the situation uh, and deal with it. Right. Courage, then, would be bravery in the face of danger. Yeah, you face danger out there, don't you? Uh, uh, it would be steadfastness in the face of opposition. And you are going to have opposition to everything that's good and right and worth doing in life. You just need to accept that. If it's good and right and worth doing, there's going to be opposition to it. And you need to have steadfastness. Uh, It is action in the face of resistance. You see, it's easy for you to look at the situation and say, you know what, nothing I can do about the situation. Uh, I can't change it and I'm afraid anyway. And you just become inactive. Now, courage says, no, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do what I should do. I'm going to do what I can do in this situation. I may not be able to fix it, but I'm going to do uh, what I can do anyway. And I think this last one uh, affects believers more than anybody else. It's optimism in the face of despair. The situation may look despairing. The, uh, the prognosis medically may be horrific, Right? It may, be, may, may not be one that can be fixed. It may not, the, uh, the prognosis may be bad. But you know what? <clears throat> you can be optimistic in the face of despair. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. You can be optimistic. You, you can have optimism because the Lord is at hand. The Lord is involved in your situation. Now, uh, on, on the screen there is Joshua 1, verse 6. Right, Joshua, let's think about Joshua for a second. Joshua was given an unenviable, to say the least, task. His task was to take the nation of Israel and lead them into the promised land. Now, there were a couple of problems with that. First of all, the people of Israel didn't want to be led anywhere. They had proved that, and Joshua was uh, Moses' sidekick. He'd seen how much trouble they had caused for Moses over the years and how at every turn they had turned against him. They had wanted to go back. They had wanted new leaders. He had seen. Uh, And by the way, uh, Moses is considered the great uh, one of the greats uh, in Hebrew history, he is the lawgiver. He is Moses. But you know what? You get titles like that after you're dead. While, you, while he was living, they fought with him all the time. They, they, they gave him a hard time all the time. They gave him difficult. And Joshua was his sidekick. Joshua didn't compare to Moses. He didn't expect to compare to Moses. Moses was the man as far as Joshua was concerned. And he held him up, and he did what Moses wanted him to do. And now Moses uh, is going to die. And Joshua's getting this job of leading this people into the promised land. Well, the people are only one problem he has. The second problem he has is is this land already has people living in it. You know, he's not leading them into an empty space. He's leading them into a place that's already fully populated with people. People that live in their own houses, in their own towns, and that have their own vineyards and their own uh, olive trees, and all of it's theirs, and they're they're not giving it up for anybody they've no intention of giving it up and joshua is being told i want you to take the people in there and i want to lead you. Can, can you imagine what he was feeling <clears throat> i'm sure he was feeling they'll never follow me they wouldn't follow moses they certainly won't follow me and what if i don't get it right what if i fail what if i fail and we all get slaughtered you <clears throat> uh, know what what if i get killed you know <clears throat> What happens then to all the women and children and so on if the army gets know, He had lots of things to fear, and God is setting him up to go into this battle in these first few verses of Joshua chapter 1. God has given him his marching orders, but he's also giving him the how-to of going in. And what you're going to notice is you're going to notice that God is telling him to be courageous. Joshua, I know you're afraid, because there's no need for courage if there's nothing to fear. Joshua, I know you're afraid, but I want you to be courageous. I want you to go in and do this anyway. Look at uh, verse 6. Be strong and have a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Now, you know what God is doing? God is saying, Joshua, you're part of something I'm doing. This is not just you taking their land. You're part of something I'm doing, Joshua, but I want you to be courageous. I want you to trust. Um, <clears throat> Verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now, you know what? God actually does something strange in this verse. He says to Joshua, Now, Joshua, I want you to be courageous to do exactly what I tell you in my law. I want you not to turn to the right hand or to the left hand. I want you to be courageous to do it. Do you know it takes great courage in this day and age to be steadfast to the word of God? It takes great courage for you to lock into the word of God and say, I'm going to live this way. I'm going to do this way. I'm going to speak of this word. It takes great courage. God told Joshua, listen, if you will do that, you'll prosper. You'll be blessed. And by the way, that's still true of you. If you will steadfastly follow his word, he will prosper you. He will prosper you. He will bless your life. He can't bless any other, but he will bless that life. He will bless that life that that is steadfast and courageous to follow his word. Look at verse 9. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And you know what? As a believer, you have something that should drive out the fear and put courage in your heart. And it's a key issue for us. You have his presence. You have his presence. He is with you. <clears throat> uh, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Do you know that Joshua did not understand the filling of the Spirit because it wasn't real for him? Not to say that he didn't have the Holy Spirit there, they didn't have the Holy Spirit empowering him, but he didn't have the Holy Spirit filling him the way you do. He didn't have the Holy Spirit in him the way you do. Joshua didn't have all that you have, and God says to you, listen, I am with you. And you're going to face situations this week and this month that are fearful to you. And you, know, you can prepare and you can make yourself ready for it and do all the things that you think you can do to make yourself ready for it, but the one thing that you need to know is... He's with me. He's with me. You know, in Exodus chapter 33, when Moses was, when God had decided he was fed up with his people, uh, they were wicked and he was going to destroy them. Moses said this to God. He said, God, if you don't go up to the promised land with us, then don't take me there. I'm not going without you. You know, that was very wise and full of faith and that was just what God wanted to hear from this man because that's all that really counts for us. Is God with me? If God's with me, I'll be okay. I'll be fine. Right? <clears throat> like the three boys in the fire. You know what? God's able to deliver us from you and if he doesn't deliver us from your fire, he will deliver us from you anyway. So, you know, what? we're okay because he's with us. The child of God has this privilege has this blessing has this promise above all else he is with me i'm okay i'm okay he's with me let's have a word of prayer father would you bless us this morning as we look to your word or we need you <clears throat> or we do live in fearful days and uh, lord we are not a courageous people by nature and lord <clears throat> when we try and focus upon ourselves lord we get in trouble but oh lord help us this morning to focus our courage on the fact that you are with us in jesus name Amen. <clears throat> okay, a couple of things for you to remember. Four things for you to remember <clears throat> when it comes to uh, courage. First of all, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Uh, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous is bold as a lion. You know, what? if you're born again by faith in Jesus Christ this morning, you are the righteous. Now, you may say, well, you know, well, pastor, I'm not sure. so sure I'm, I'm, I'm all that. Uh, <clears throat> Listen, you don't have to be all that. You are the righteous because the blood of Jesus Christ has washed away your sins, because the Spirit of God has has indwelt you, and you are righteous because of that. Now, there is a reality that you need to reflect the righteousness that is yours positionally by a life that's lived, uh, you know, in, in measure of the righteousness that you have. And you're going to have a hard time having courage if you're not, but you are the righteous. Um, <clears throat> Uh, three times the Bible gives us the term Abba, Father. Just three th- times, right? I've got to look at one of them tonight. But uh, Romans 8.15 says this, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, <clears throat> here's the thing. When it comes to courage, you know, that's not really what you want. I, that, that term, Abba, Father, is a very endearing term for, for Dad. It's, it's, it's the Daddy-Daddy term. It's the uh, intimate relationship term. It's the crawling up into Dad's lap when he's protecting you term. Uh, you know, and when you think of having courage and you think of being a little one crawling up into your father's arms, the two don't seem to go side by side, do they? They don't actually seem to match. But for the believer, they do. You see... You can have courage because you're his. You can have courage because you belong to him. You can have courage because he's watching over you. You can have courage because your father, the all-knowing one, knows exactly what you're going through. He's involved in it. And you can have courage. You can look at your situation, and yes, it can be tough. It can be hard. But you know what? He's in it with you. He's in it with you. Your Abba Father is there. He is in it with you. And um, <clears throat> you can have courage because of who you are. And you need to reckon on who you are. You know, it's one thing for you to get braggadocious, right? You pull yourself up by your bootstraps and say, I can handle the situation. I'm okay. That's, what that's doing is that's you being proud, right? And God resists the proud. But God gives grace to the humble. You see, so often with God, things are the other way around. You see, when it comes to courage on the battlefield, it's the proud man, the man who takes up his sword, the man who takes up his gun, the, who, the man who flies into the fray, the man who wants to fight, and, it's, and he's listening, he's trusting in his own power and in the power of his arm to do it, and he's the one that's considered to be brave, he's the one that's considered to be courageous, but the Christian is courageous who reckons on, I have no strength, but my heavenly Father has all the strength I need. I am not able, but he is. I am going to obey him in spite of the fact that it seems hard and impossible. And you need to understand that, that your strength, your courage is going to be found in your relationship with him, not in you. And don't get it wrong, because for the Christian that's a fatal mistake. If you decide you're going to handle it by yourself, you can do it, you're going to make it happen. You're on your own. But if you reckon on your inability, if you reckon on your lack of power, and you reckon on his absolute power, you know what? You're going to be safe. Reckon on who you are. Now, having reckoned on who you are, you need to understand this, that he did not put you on this planet uh, for you to be a wallflower hiding by the wall and um, letting life go by. You know, sometimes you have Christians and they're 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 just waiting for heaven. Now we all are in a sense, but you know what? Listen, there's a lot of stuff to do before you hit heaven, right? And you're supposed to be actively involved in life and in spiritual life until that day. You're supposed to be actively involved because God's got a plan for you. Uh, there was an American ice hockey team in the Winter Olympics in 1980 uh, where really a bunch of amateurs. They really didn't know what they were doing. Uh, they were college students and so on that they, that they drafted and put on this team. Well, anyway, they, they, they got to the Winter Olympics and they began to do well. And then they faced the Russian team. And the Russian team were as expert as they were amateur. The Russian team were considered to be undefeatable. So here you have a bunch of amateurs going up against a Russian team. And the coach has a few moments to inspire them before they step into the game, right? And he says this to them. He says, Men, you were born to play this game. And you know what they did? They went out and they won. They went out and they won because he actually made them to see this is what you were putting the planet for. You were putting the planet for this game and they gave their all. You know what? When Queen Esther... Uh, was in the palace and, she, and um, Mordecai came to her and the, 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 the Jews were going to be persecuted. M- Mordecai used Haman, wicked Haman was going to kill all the Jews. He came to Esther and he said to Esther, uh, he, he's trying to persuade Esther, she needs to go talk to the king and Esther's terrified. Because if she goes in before, to the king before the king calls her in, he can have her put to death. And she's terrified and Mordecai says, And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Esther you were born for this moment do it she did it and saved the day i read that story this week isn't it uh, i mean it just seems like such a dreadful thing there's there's Haman happy as Larry building himself a, a a scaffold to hang Mordecai on and he gets hanged on his own scaffold i mean god can turn things around in a moment and god did but you know what Esther had to speak up she was part of that you know what <clears throat> You're a child of the king, born for this moment. You're a child of the king, born for this moment. Now, I don't know exactly what it is that this moment means to you or represents for you as far as he is concerned, but he did not have you put on this planet so that you could hide for a few years and then get back to heaven. God's got a plan. He's got something he wants you to do. You're born for this moment. God wants you to do something. And you know what? Without courage, you're never going to do it. And I'm sure if we, if we were to scrape the surface here, we'd find for all of you there are fears. And I don't mean just general fears. They need to be put away. That's what we deal with on a Wednesday night. They're worries. I mean fears in the sense of something you know God wants of you, and you're looking at it and you're saying, oh, I can't do that. Oh, That's impossible. Oh, I don't want to do that. And you're recoiling from it. God says, no. I want you to have courage. I want you to step out there. I want you to face it. I want you, first of all, though, to remember who you are. You're my child. I will be with you. It will be okay. You will be okay. Because you're his. Because he is with you. And you know, <clears throat> what he has for you may seem small to other people. It's not small to him. It's not small to him. It's integral to him. Think of Esther. Seek an audience with the king. That was her terror. That was her fear. But she did. And instead of her people getting slaughtered, they were the ones uh, that did the slaughtering. Listen, you know what? Whatever God has for you may seem small to others, but it's not small at all. You need to take courage, and you need to face it. Secondly, <clears throat> you need to confront your fears. Now, I didn't count to myself, but somebody <clears throat> said that there's fear not, uh, or synonyms of that, something similar. Uh, it's 365 times in the Bible, one for every day of your life, one for every day of your year. Fear not. Now, why does God tell us to fear not? Why does Jesus tell the uh, disciples so often to fear not? Well, he tells them to fear not because, you know what? Fears are part of life for us, aren't they? And what, what, what does fear, fear do to us? Fear stops us from doing what we're supposed to do very often. Fear is the thing that gets in your way and stops you from doing uh, what you're supposed to do. It stops you from living the life God has for you. It stops you from doing what it is he's put you on this planet to do. Fear can sell. Nelson Mandela said this. He said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. You need to confront your fear and conquer it. If God has called you to do something, you need to do it. You need to step out in faith, and you need to do it. You need to actually step out and do it. Now, There are a lot of things that we worry about. Uh, courage is nothing more, someone said, than seeing the fear and taking action against it. How many of you know the 95% rule of worry? It goes like this. 95% of the things you worry about won't happen. Stop worrying about those things. Just that, That's what God says. Stop. Come on Wednesday night and we'll help you. Uh, stop worrying about those things. Uh, you're worrying about something that's never going to happen. And even if it does happen, then is the time to handle it, not now. And you know what you can depend upon? You can depend upon the fact that God will be in with you and God will be in it when you have to handle it. But if you all step out trusting him and depending upon him, he will be there. Now many of you have done this at some point in your lives. <clears throat> you've, you've faced a situation where you were called upon to witness, to give the gospel to somebody, to show people how, somebody how they could be saved in a situation that to you was terrifying. It was just scary. Now, it may have been scary on the level of you felt you might get killed, or it may have been scary just on the level of you felt you were going to get laughed at. It doesn't matter. It was still scary. But you stepped forward with courage and faith, and you did it. And what did you find? You found God was in it with you, didn't you? And it's amazing. It's amazing how close you can be to God in those situations where you step forward in courage and faith, and do what God would have you to do. But you know, if you don't step forward in courage and faith, you miss two things. You miss the blessing of obedience, and you miss the blessing of his presence. Because he will be with you when you step forward in courage and do it. You know, when Nehemiah was building the wall, Nehemiah is an amazing character in Scripture. Uh, He builds the wall in 52 days. They had been years and years back, and they had all given up on the wall. But Nehemiah came back and he built the wall in 52 days. It was amazing. But do you know what the enemy used against Nehemiah three times at least? Fear. They tried, to put, they, they tried to make him afraid. They tried to make him afraid of the king. They tried to make him afraid they were going to attack him. They tried to make him personally afraid that he was going to be attacked. They kept going out. They kept, they kept trying to put fear in him. In Nehemiah 4 verse 14, he says this, And I looked and rose up and said to the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And they did. And in 52 days, the impossible had been accomplished. Now, here's the thing. If you don't confront your fears and do what God would have you to do, it won't happen. If Nehemiah had allowed fear uh, to take him over at that time, you know what? The wall wouldn't have been rebuilt. A lot of things that don't happen in the Christian life because the people of God don't step up and do what God would have them to do. Because they let the enemy strike terror in their heart. God didn't give you that spirit of fear. That's not from him. That's from the enemy. And when you step forward in power and deliver the message, do whatever it is that God would have you to do, you know what? You'll be amazed that God is with you and that he always backs up what he instigates. He always puts power behind what he instigates. So you need to confront your fears. And then number three... You need to stop listening to people who make you fearful. You know, it's very easy for us to get fearful, and there are so many people that will uh, gladly... Um, <coughs> Sorry, let me go back here. There are so many people that, that, that will gladly uh, take the, the courage out of you and put fear in you. Uh, <coughs> Josh, are you trying to help me? LAUGHTER uh, you know, the, the, there are so many people that, that will actually tell you uh, you can't do it, you can't do it that way you can't get that job, you can't buy a house in these days uh, nobody's going to listen to the gospel in this day and age you can't start a church listen, there are so many people who are experts in everything that you can't do that's amazing, it's just amazing uh, how many experts are out there and you know what, if you listen to them you'll never do anything you never will do anything you've got to stop listening. We're looking on, on a Wednesday night, uh, not worrying, and, and it, it talks about thinking right. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just. Uh, if there's any virtue, if there's anything good, think about those things. You're supposed to stop taking on board all the things that would steal away your courage and just do what God would have you to do. You know, here's what you're going to By the way, you, you that talk to people, friends and, and counselors that talk to people, be careful because you don't always know what God is doing in somebody else's life. You don't know, so be careful. That's holy ground. So that when somebody says, yeah, God wants me to do this, and you say, no, he doesn't. How do you know? When somebody wants to do something, and, and you say, well, that's not possible. How do you know? You be careful. But you know what? You need to stop listening to those things and you need to trust God. You know where you'll get faith? The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God will build your faith. You know, if we would spend as much time in the word of God as we spend in our other media, you know what? We'd be people of faith. We would be people of faith. I tell you, we, we would be lifted up in faith. If we would. Let me give you uh, Psalm 121, verse 1 through 8, a song of degrees. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. I could go on. Isn't that great stuff, isn't it? You know, my help comes from the hills. God, God is my help. So you know what? When God wants you to do something and you face a situation that's impossible and you step out into that situation, you know what you've just done? You just put yourself in the place where your help has to come from him. And if he's directing and he's guiding in it, you know what? You are perfectly safe. You can depend upon himself. You can expect God to show up when you put yourself out in that place. You can expect that God will be there (coughs) to help you uh, in that moment that you stand out there. And um, you read the word of God. And don't read the word of God as though it's for some other people, some other time, uh, <clears throat> some some other place. No, read it like it's for here, for you, for now. Uh, that's faith and trust that God is going to actually take and into and and, and come into your life and work. You're going to find Him there uh, in those moments of need, because He's there. He's real. Don't, don't we sometimes treat like Christian, Christianity, like, well, this is the 21st century. You know, I mean, come on, man. Uh, we're, very, we're, very, uh, we're very sophisticated people. You know, we have it all worked out, and we have our computers, and we have all, all our things that worked out. And, uh, we don't need God. Listen, God is wonderful at creating situations where you need him. And if you will step out by faith in the areas where you need him, you will find he is there. If you will by faith trust him, you can expect him to be there. You can expect God to meet you in that place because he is there. Somebody said this, put scripture in one ear and fear will go out the other. Put scripture in one ear and fear will go out the other. Listen, become well-versed in scripture. Listen, don't read your little one verse every day. Uh, Take the word of God and let it wash through you. Uh, read God's word, let it, let it in, and don't read it mindlessly. Read it and let it in. Let it have its impact in your life and let it change you, right? <clears throat> because uh, <clears throat> scripture, faith, will drive out fear every time. <clears throat> and then you need to cultivate love. Cultivate your love relationship with God. John four eighteen says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth not is made perfect, In love. You know, here's the thing I find in my own life, right? When I'm facing something that's fearful to me, you know what it always is? It's always a call to draw nearer to him in relationship. And when you're facing something fearful, nothing else really works, does it? Now, you can try and get something else to work, can't you? And we do sometimes, don't we? You know, you'll turn on the TV. Uh, You'll try and do something that's wrong to make yourself feel, but it never works. When you're facing something that's fearful, it's always a call for you to come closer to him in relationship, to let him in, to let him soothe you and comfort you. Now listen, I hate fearful situations, don't you? I hate when I'm faced with things that you know just, just uh, ruin my comfort zone and put me in the place where uh, it's making life difficult for me. I hate them. But you know what? I love the sense of his presence I get when I'm going through it. <coughs> I absolutely love it. So, you know, what you need to do is you need to understand that the situation that you're facing, the situation that's got fear in your heart, striking fear in your heart, is actually from the Lord. And you can either have the love of God or the fear Satan wants to generate, your choice. You're going to have the love of God or you're going to have the fear Satan wants to generate. And you're going to have the love of God when you draw near and you go deeper with the Lord and you put your trust in him and you read of him and you're going to have verses that come to you like they were written for you in those times. Because that's what God does. God uses those moments to draw you close to him. Let me give you a couple of things you need to do. First of all, thank God for the thing that is causing you fear. Ooh, those are the hard ones, aren't they? Thank God for the thing that is causing you fear because you know what? It didn't happen by accident. Your God, put it in your life, in your hands, for a purpose, for a reason. Thank him for it. Lord, thank you for this. You need to thank God for the blessings that the problem brings. The blessing is universally going to be presence. His presence. His hand. Thank him for it. You know, if it wasn't for the problem you wouldn't experience the presence. Thank him for it. Thank him for that presence in your life and then share those blessings. Talk to other people about them. You know, know, sometimes you're going through something that's pretty tough and people are looking at you you and they're saying, oh, that's so hard, that's so tough. Tell them how not tough it is because God's in it. Tell them how the blessings are there. I'm not talking about you being naughty. I'm talking about the reality of God's presence in the situation is sweet. Let people know Sometimes younger believers have no idea that they can experience that in the situation. But let people know. And then, as you go into this week, look, I don't know what your fear is. I don't know what it is that you're facing. And remember, I'm not talking about the things you're worried about that are never going to happen. Remember, 95% of the things you're worried about are never going to happen. Isn't that the truth? Haven't you worried up scenarios and situations and so on? And after a while, you look back on it and you say, why was I thinking that? Listen, stop doing that one, right? You know what? When the situation arrives, God will be in it to help you, and not before then. There's grace for the situation, right? But I'm talking about the things that are real in your life, the things that you're facing this week and you know you are. Listen, name your fear. you know sometimes we hide from it, don't we? I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about that. I mean, you can't not think about something, but I'm not going to think about that. And you won't look at the situation that you're afraid of. Name your fear. I am afraid of this. Bring it to the Lord. Name it. Name your fear. Secondly, confront your fear. Take your fear and confront it. Go head to head with it. Don't let it run you, don't let it have you hiding. Confront your fear. Make a phone call. Go talk to that person. Deal with the situation. Confront the fear. It's amazing how often just confronting it eases it. Just confront the fear and then go out expecting your Abba Father to be with you in dealing with him. You see, in John chapter 14, Jesus told us this. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. You know what the word comfortless there means? I will not leave you an orphan. I will not leave you on your own. I will send the comforter to be with you. And he did. And you and I can face the tough situations of life and face the difficulties because you know what? He's in it. He's in us. He's in the situation. He's here. We can expect, we can have courage because he's in it with us. So go home and face the fear and deal with it and expect to meet him in it and for him to help you through it. Let's stand for prayer. Father in heaven, we do thank you for this morning. Thank you for your people. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of your presence, even in this message. And Lord, we stand before you this morning, Lord, a people that have difficulties, problems, and fears. Now, blessed Spirit of the living God, would you work in hearts and lives this morning? Every head's bowed and every eye is closed. Let me ask you, God is dealing with you, and you're responding to him right now. You're saying, yes, Lord, I am going to deal with that. Let me ask you to lift your hand so I can pray for you. Amen. Amen. See those hands. You're responding to God. There's something you know he wants you to deal with. It's not just a worry. It's an actual something that God wants you to deal with and you're going to confront it and deal with it. Lift your hand if you would. Amen. Amen. See that hand too. Anybody else this morning? Amen. 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 Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word that finds its mark in our hearts. Lord, may we be people of courage. May we be people that confront our fears and deal with them, knowing we have your presence, your hand, and your power. Blessed Spirit of the living God, for those that raised a hand, Lord, may there be victory in their lives this week because they've trusted you and they've dealt with situations. And, oh, Lord, may it be that each one gets to know you better and to have greater courage. Lord, you've taken and you've raised up a people for your name in this day and in this age. And Lord, there are things you want each one here to do. Blessed Spirit of the living God, uh, may it be that each one here uh, faces the fear and lives courageously and serves you with all their heart. Lord, we love you. Uh, Lord, pour out your Spirit upon us that we might love you more and that we might see other people drawn to love you too. In Jesus' precious name, amen.